Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Job chapter 13, if you turn there with me, Job chapter 13, I want you to pray if you would please for the Williams family, um, Jim and their kids, Matthew and Michelle, Debbie Williams went home to be with the Lord last evening about 730 and she fought a hard battle with cancer and uh, what a what a loss um, for our church. And uh, Debbie worked here up until last week. Um, and uh, she worked here 23 years. So we're going to miss her. And I um, want you to pray, if you would, again, for the family. Jim is just just hurting. Um, it, um, she's been struggling, but just went, went really quick. Um, I was just at their house on Tuesday, just praying with her, talking with, with her and and uh, then back again last night with family. So what we're looking at is Friday. Um, we're going to meet with the uh, funeral home on uh, tomorrow afternoon. So we'll have the details and we'll have to put those out through email. You can call a church office starting Tuesday. We should have those. Um, but we'll have a viewing here in the auditorium Friday evening, somewhere between five and eight or nine or so. And then the funeral will be here Saturday morning. Uh, and we don't know the time yet. Uh, a lot of that's going to just depend upon uh, some other things that we've got to work through. So uh, if you'll be making those plans, though, Friday again, and everything will take place here in the church auditorium Friday and Saturday, if that all works out. So you'd be praying if you would for the family. I know they would appreciate you coming and uh, just uh, letting them know that you uh, how much you appreciated Debbie and be praying for the family. Also, if you would pray, please pray for the Black family as well. Don Black, he pastored East Toledo Baptist Church for about 20 years. And uh, then he retired and they came here a couple years ago. And uh, just uh, we'd, we'd have lunch. I love just getting around former pastors and listening to them. And we'd have lunch every so often. And um, he uh, just enjoyed being here at this church. And... Um, then just a few weeks uh, back, he um, uh, just had a had an episode and um, um, they found out he had uh, dementia and it was really, really quick. It came upon him quick. And now he is in the hospital and uh, just non-responsive, really won't eat, won't drink. Um, and it just happened so quick. So if you please pray for the black families, well, Nancy uh, Black. Uh, it's his wife. She just retired from teaching this year and I uh, wept with her last night on the phone. She um, said, I retired. I thought we would have all of these exciting things planned um, after my retirement. And uh, uh, she's probably going to be alone here by the end of the summer. So if you would just pray, uh, many of you in this room know what it's like to go through a loss and uh, you know what they're feeling. So if you would encourage them, reach out to them and uh, love them, if you would, please. Job chapter 13, verse number 15, Job 13, verse 15. The Bible says this, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him, though he slay me. 
yet will I trust in him. I want to, I want to, uh, begin this message, probably a difficult, a difficult, uh, introduction for me this past June. You probably noticed I took a lot of time, uh, away from the pulpit. Uh, I took a lot of time. I was away, um, spent some time with my family, spent some time by myself and then spent some time, uh, just with my wife and I, and, uh, pretty much took the entire month of June off. And the reason why I did that is I told our deacons, I felt like I just hit a brick wall. Um, I just felt um, discouraged and um, burned out. And so I just wanted some time to pray. And it was something that was coming on. I feel like for the last uh, seven years of my life, it'll be seven years in September that my family moved here. I feel like the last seven years we have been running a hundred miles an hour and uh, only stopping enough to uh, uh, put fresh tires on to keep running uh, fast again. And, um, and uh, through COVID and through all those things that uh, uh, I think every church, every pastor, every, everybody struggled just to try to, to hold things together. Um, this year, it just kind of just kind of hit me. Um, and so for, for a few months, I just kind of dealt with it, struggled with it. And um, then I realized this, I, I can't just deal with it and struggle with it. I need some time along with the Lord. And so the message I'm going to preach today, I just want to share with you. Um, and I know many of you are, are, have dealt with, uh, discouragement. You've dealt with, um, uh, whatever the name might be for it. Um, certain events, uh, certain events in our church, they, you just can't get away from them. Um, uh, when, when we buried the little son boy, It's just, it's just something you can't get out of your mind. I'll never forget walking into that hospital room and seeing him laying on that table. We buried the people that we love. When you pour an immense amount of time in prayer for families like the Kaminsky family, when, when you go from family to family, and it's one hurt after another. One day this past week, my entire day was just visiting families that are struggling, marriages that are hurting, And sometimes all of us just look, where's God in all of this? Where's God? And Job said it so well, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I want you to know this today as we look at this message. If you're hurting, if you're going through discouragement, if there are things in life that just seem like they're piling up, you're not alone. God has not forsaken you. 
and God is still trustworthy. In the midst of Job's greatest troubles, he makes this incredible statement. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. My question to us today is this, is, is God enough? Is he enough? Can we trust him in our, our darkest troubles? Go with me. We're going to be in several different places in the book of Job here today. Job chapter number one, verse number one, Job chapter one, verse number one. Tells us of this man named Job. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was a perfect and upright man. One that feared God and eschewed evil or turned from evil. Job, the Bible tells us in verse number one, was a righteous man. When he woke up in his, his business dealings and his personal dealings in every area of Job's life, Job was a righteous man. He, he did everything he could to turn from evil. When he saw a chance for evil, he eschewed it or he turned from it. He wanted nothing to do with anything that was wrong. The Bible says this, verse two, and there were born unto him seven sons and, and three daughters. God blessed him with children. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she asses and the very great household. So that this man was the greatest of all men of the East. This is the story of Job spiritually and financially. He was a great man. He was one of the greatest men of, of, of the East, the Bible says. I want you to see with me in verse number six, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. Anything that Satan is ever involved in, you mark it down. You mark it down, he's up to no good. And Lord said unto Satan, whence cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Here's the Old Testament verse of Satan to the New Testament verse. Satan walketh about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Satan's walking all over your life, my life, the events of this church and events of, of world events. And he's looking and he's watching because he's got one motive in mind, and that is to devour. That is to get the children of God to deny that God is enough. And that is what he's after. That's why he's called the adversary. That's why he's called the accuser of the brethren. You mark it down as well that when Satan speaks, it's always going to be a manipulated lie in his favor. Because Satan's goal is to get us to, to distrust God, to doubt God. The first conversation that we ever read of in the Bible with Satan is with Eve. And he says this, did God not say, what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to get us, Eve, to distrust God. And what, what did that do? It caused all of human na human, the human race now to be born into sin. And so we find Satan 
said that the, uh, uh, he, he is before God and God says, where have you been? And Satan says, I've been all over the place. I've been walking to and from the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil, returneth from evil. In Job's response, Job knew him, but Job also realized that he has no power over him. And Satan says this, he says, uh, Satan answers the Lord and said, doth Job fear God for not? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath? And on every side thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath. And he will curse thee to thy face. This is a challenge from Satan to God. He said this. He said, God, the only reason that Satan loves you is because you're blessing him. The only reason that Satan is the, or I'm sorry, Job is the one that he is, is because your hand of protection is upon him. Just take your hand off and you'll really see what Job thinks about you, God. You'll really see. And so Satan is accusing Job. He's, he's accusing God as well. He's challenging God. And he says, Satan's only this way, God, because you have blessed him. In Job chapter 12, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went from forth from the presence of the Lord. In verse number 11, Satan claimed he, he didn't really love God. He says, God, take that hand upon, upon, uh, off of Job and you'll see what Job really thinks of you. And Job's response to all of this is what we read in chapter number 13, verse 15. In the middle of his great suffering, he says this to God, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job's response to all of this is our text verse today, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Satan thought that Job's love is based upon what God can give. I love you because, you know, we're, we're guilty of that sometimes. Sometimes a wife will say to their husband, why do you love me? And he'll say, I love you because you're beautiful. What happens when she's no longer beautiful? I love you because what happens when that because is gone? Do you still love? So many people, they mistakenly say, I fell out of love. No, you fell out of what that person once offered you. And now that person no longer can offer you what you loved. And therefore now you think you fell out of love. Love because is not true love. And that's the story that we find through the book of Job is why does Job love God? Is it because God has blessed him or is it because God is enough? Is it because God has had his hand upon Job or is it because God sees God, uh, Job sees God as faithful? Job is going to show us God is enough, even in the midst of darkest troubles. And one thing, church, that we must always know and learn is God is enough in our most darkest of moments. God is still enough. Amen. He's enough. And so today I want to ask us these questions. Can, can God be trusted when we're overwhelmed with suffering? 
Can you be trusted when we're overwhelmed with suffering? Job chapter one, verse number 13. Look there with me, if you would, please, Job. It's on for Job now. Satan says, all right, God, you've given me power. And there was a day when, verse 13 in chapter 1, there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses uh, feeding beside them. And in the... Um, the Sabians fell upon them and they took them away. Yea, they have slain thy servants at the edge of the sword. And I and only I am escaped to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. And he said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven. That, and he hath burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only I am escaped to tell thee. And yet while he was speaking, there came another and said, the Chaldeans had made the uh, three bands and fell upon the camels and carried them away. Yea, the slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a, a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell them in the in a matter of moments everything that job had was gone job chapter 1 verse 13 tells us that in a matter of moments he lost his finances verse 18 tells us in a matter of a moment he lost his family and then in job two, chapter 2 Verse number four, we find in Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, yea, and all of a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. We find in chapter two, verse number four through six, he lost his health. Look with me in chapter four, verse number seven. His friends now have come to begin to speak with him. And Job says this, remember, or his friend says, remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent or where were the righteous cut off? His friend is saying, Job, I hear you. You've done nothing wrong, but where has the innocent ever perished? You know what he's saying to Job? You have something hidden and God is punishing you for this. And so in a matter of moments, Job lost his finances, he lost his family, he lost his health, and he lost his righteous testimony. You know, I, I say this often, church, and I, 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 I mean this, be careful of those that you hear on TV that tell you this message of healthy, wealthy, and wise and prosperity gospel preaching, that if you're saved and you just give us a little bit of money, the Bible says that you are going to be wealthy and you're, you're going to be healed and there's never going to be any issues. I, I sat last evening in a home and watched uh, uh, the family weep over Debbie's body, one of the most righteous women I've ever met, one of the most godliest women I've ever met for the last seven years that I've known her has gone through great suffering. Here, here we find Job, he's even lost his testimony. Some of God's choicest servants have suffered. And if you're in here today and you have gone through or going through great suffering and you're saying, I, I don't understand, what have I done, God? And, and maybe, maybe others are even saying, like Job's friends, there must be something there. 
know this, that God's choicest servants have experienced great suffering in their life. Job's Job's response was this, and this has got to be our response as well. When we go through great suffering, the response must be to trust God and give God praise, even in our darkest hours. One of the hardest things to do is praise the Lord. As I gathered around the family last evening of Debbie's grandchildren were there and her children were there and their spouses were there and Jim was there. And as I first walked in that door, they we just began to sing. And I said to them, let's lift up our voices and let's acknowledge God that he is good. And we began to sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. We were thanking God for the glorious, wonderful salvation that he has given to each and every one of us that have trusted Jesus Christ. I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, if you would, please. Are you with me this morning? Book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 32. I want to show you what a wonderful testimony. This is what they call the hall of faith. These are the ones that have done great and mighty things for God. These are the ones that, that uh, 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 um, was like Daniel placed in that lion's den and, and, or the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego placed in that fiery furnace and they came out and, and uh, uh, not, even, not even the smell of smoke on them and uh, ones that, 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 that devoured the enemy and ones that fought and had great victories. And we find that, look with me in verse number 32, and what shall I more say for the time would uh, fail me to tell of, of Gideon and Barak and, and Samson and of, of Jephthah and David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to, to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead to life again in others tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain better resurrection. Boy, when you read that, it just sounds like that's what I want to be for God. This great, this great faith-filled man that, that conquers the enemies and, and takes ground for God. But I want to show you as well in the, the same chapter, the Bible says, in others, in others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bonds of imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. We look at their suffering and we say something must be wrong, but the, here in the, this great hall of faith, as we hear of them being read, the Bible says this, the world wasn't worthy of these great saints. They went through great suffering and others. They had great faith in the midst of great suffering. And I want to challenge our church to have great faith in the midst of great suffering. We cannot choose our suffering, but we can choose to follow God through every circumstance in our life. We can choose to have faith to trust him. 
I want you to mark this down in your mind and in your heart. Faith is not receiving God from God what you want. Faith is accepting from God what he gives. Faith is not receiving from God what you want, but rather faith is accepting from God what he gives. You know what that means? I'm not going to tell God what I deserve. I'm going to trust God that God knows what's best. And if it's suffering, I'll trust God. If it's sickness, I'll trust God. If it's heartache, I'll trust God. If it's discouragement, I'll trust God. If it's a loss of a job, I'll trust God. Because God knows what is best and I will trust him and not question him. And so my question today is, can you trust God when you're overwhelmed with suffering? Go back to me to the book of Job, if you would, please. Just stay in Job, and if we turn some other place, we'll always come back to Job. Job chapter number 1, verse number 20. The Bible says this, then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell, upon, fell down upon the ground and worshiped and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And look at Job's response. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He trusted God. Number two, I want you to write this down. Can God be trusted when you're forsaken by others? Can God be trusted when you're overwhelmed with suffering? And can God be trusted when you're forsaken by others? Look with me in the book of Job. Go to Job chapter 19. Job chapter number 19. Job is in the middle, the middle of the suffering. Job has lost everything. Job is, is physically sick. The boils, the Bible says from head to toe, he, he scrapes them with a pot and sits on an on a ash heap just so that he can find some relief. And, and his friends are coming and, and, and saying to Job that, that, that you must have done something wrong. Just find out what that is. Be honest and repent and, and maybe this will all go away. Look with me in verse number nine, chapter 19, verse number 14. The Bible says this, of Job, my kinsfolk have failed. My familiar friends have forgotten me. You see, Job, when he lost his power and he lost his finances and he lost what he could do for others, they walked away. There was no one there to minister to Job in his darkest hour. Look with me in verse number 19 of the same chapter, all my inward friends abhorred me and they whom I loved are turned against me. Have you, have you ever been hurt by someone that you love? Have you ever felt like you've been forsaken by others? And can you trust God even when you're forsaken by those that you love? Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe there's someone in this room today. You've been forsaken by a spouse. Can you still trust God? Maybe it's a child. The child has turned and now there's tension and hurt. And can you still trust God when someone that you love has hurt you? 
Maybe it's a business associate that has, that has maybe ruined you financially and, and hurt your testimony. Can you still trust God when those that were closest to you have hurt you? When a friend that you used to be so close with, you say, I, I don't know what happened. Their friendship is broken and, and I feel like I'm all alone. Can you still trust God? Psalm 41.9 says this, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. This is a, a prophecy of, of, of Judas with Jesus. Here Jesus Jesus is there and he, 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 he spends time with Judas. He washes his feet. He even shares bread with him. And Judas is the one that goes out and betrays our Lord. Can you still trust God? When you've been forsaken by those that are closest to you, Psalm chapter number 55, let me read this for us in Psalm 20, uh, 55, verse number 12, the Bible says, for it was not an enemy that, I re that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then, then I would have hid myself from him. What he's saying is, if, if it was someone that hated me, I could have endured what they were doing. But this was, this was not an enemy. This was not someone that hated me. This was a friend and someone that I loved that has turned on me. But he says this, but it was thou, a man equal, my guide, my acquaintance, we took sweet counsel together and we walked into the house of God in company. Let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into, into hell for wickedness is in their dwellings amongst them. Here the psalmist is saying those that were closest have been betrayed. I know there's some in this room today you feel betrayed. And it has affected everything. It's affected your outlook on life. It's affected your attitude. It's even affected your relationship with God. Can you trust God even when others have forsaken you? We can. And we need to. Job is in his darkest hour. His friends have forsaken him. His friends have come and instead of encouraging him, I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul in his darkest hour, as he writes in 2 Timothy, he says, Demoth has forsaken me loving this present world. Here the Apostle Paul is going through great sorrow. He's imprisoned and he writes of the one that was supposed to be there with him, that was supposed to encourage him and walk alongside of him and serve Jesus. He says, now he's forsaken me and I'm all alone. I want to encourage you today, trust God. When friends forsake you, God can be trusted. Maybe there's today a student here that just feels all alone. You've got so many decisions that you must make in life and, and things are changing and you feel alone and you feel like there's no one there beside you. I want you to know that you can trust God. He has not forsaken you. Maybe there's a widow, a widower sitting here today. And you had plans. And you're forsaken now. You're alone. You can trust God. Maybe there is someone, a business partner, business failure, and now you feel alone. Maybe there's a spouse, a wife, a husband sitting here feeling all alone today because you've been forsaken. 
Can you trust God? Go with me to Job chapter two, if you would, please. Job chapter two. Job chapter two, verse number nine. Then said his wife unto him, dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Let's get this over with. She's not saying land the plane. She's saying die, die. Just get this over with. Now, I want you to understand Job's wife has struggled too. She lost her finances and she has lost her children and she has lost her home. And she's now watching her husband suffer. And she just says to her husband, instead of let's, let's, let's go to God. He hasn't forsaken us. Let's stay humble and let's stay meek and, and let's stay right before God. She says, just get me out of my suffering and die already, would you? His wife has forsaken him. She's blaming him and she's blaming God. In your darkest hour, choose to trust God. Choose to trust him. And then lastly, lastly, I want you to write this down. Can you trust God when you're sitting in darkness? Can you trust God when you're sitting in darkness? Hear me today. Darkness is the scariest place for a human being to sit. Because you can't see. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know who else is going to hurt you. You don't know what else pain is going to come. You feel alone. You feel betrayed. And all you can do is sit. There's nothing else left to do. Can you trust God when you're sitting in darkness? Job wakes up and everything is gone. And this is a thing I want you to, to remember because many have felt the same. It's gone and I don't know why. Why? why? Report after report after report. Why? Job turned from evil and Job wanted nothing to do with wickedness. And Job lived an upright life and he was giving to God what belonged to God. And he was kind and he was a great man. And, and he's sitting now with all of this gone in pain and in suffering. His wife is saying, just curse God and die. His friends are saying, you must be some wicked man. We thought you were good. Just be truthful and get this over with. And, 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 and Job is unsure what is going on. If I sinned, I could repent. If I made a bad decision, I'd go back and fix it. But I don't know what I've done. Look with me in Job chapter 23. Job chapter 23. Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. He's speaking to God. My, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. That I might come even to his seat, his, his, his the judgment seat. He said, I, I'd, I'd like to come before God's throne room. 
I've got a question for you, God. I would order my cause before him. I would fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. Job is coming to the place, God, I would like to talk to you. Have you ever been there? God, I, I want to know what's going on. You owe me an answer, God. You know what he's saying? Look with me in Job 23, verse 8. Behold, I go forward, but he's not there. And backwards, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where doth he work? And, but I, I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, and I, I cannot see him. He's saying, God, where are you? Just show yourself so I can, I can talk with you. I'm sitting in this dark place, and I need to find you. I need to plead with you my cause. And my question today is, can you trust God when you're sitting in this dark place? When you can't have the answers and you don't know what to do, can you still trust God? Go with me to the book of Isaiah, if you would, please. Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah chapter 50, verse number 10. Isaiah, he knew suffering. He knew rejection. He knew trouble. Isaiah says this in chapter 50, verse 10. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? What is his solution? What is his answer? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. That word stay means this, lean upon his God. When you are in darkness, don't think that you can do something to light your own fire or light your own way. The only solution we have when we're sitting in a place of darkness is to lean upon God. Lean upon him. I, I don't know what to do. Well, stop trying to figure it out. Just lean upon God. I've been forsaken. Don't try to figure it out. Just lean upon him. Some of the greatest servants of God have walked in darkness. John the Baptist, John the Baptist who bear, uh, uh, baptized Jesus. And he said of Jesus, behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. He says, this is the Messiah that's promised. Later on, he's in suffering. He's been now placed in jail and he's going to be beheaded. And John says this to his disciples, go and ask Jesus, are you really the Messiah? You know what he's saying? I'm in darkness. Can I lean upon you? Habakkuk, read the book of Habakkuk. Can you find a prophet that was walking in darkness? Read of the book of Jeremiah, and you would find this weeping prophet walking in darkness, leaning upon Paul, uh, upon God. Paul says this, uh, we are perplexed on every side. The apostle Paul went through great sorrow, great suffering, 
And if you're here today and you are going through great sorrow, and maybe there are even some today that you're sitting in darkness, I want you to know that God is trustworthy and you can trust him. Learn to lean on him. Learn to lean on God. Stay upon your God. It means lean, trust him. Go back with me to Job, if you would please. Job, and wherever my wife is, the plane is coming in for a landing. So, Job chapter 38. Job 38. Look with me in verse number one. And the Lord answered Job. He answered him. This is what Job was looking for. And I want you to know this. When you come to the place of darkness and sorrow, God will answer you. Trust him. Right now you have a prayer request that you just are begging God. He'll answer you. Trust him. Got a, a child, a grandchild in your daughter-in-law's womb. And you're pleading with God. You trust him. You trust him. You got a child that's away from the Lord. You trust God. You've got a spouse that's not walking with God. You trust God. Maybe you've got a report that you just say the cancer is bad and the, the diagnosis is bad. You trust God. Learn to lean on him. Because God will answer, and the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee. And God says, Answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. He says, when, when there was nothing, and from my simple word spoke in existence this universe, where were you, Job? I don't remember you giving me counsel. Who hath laid the measurement, the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations therefore fastened? Or who hath laid the cornerstone thereof when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut up the sea with the doors when it break forth as if thou hast issued out of the womb? When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and the thick darkness of swaddling band for it and break up, uh, break up for it my decreed place and set bars and doors and said, hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. And here shall thy proud waves be stayed. When God said the, 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 uh, the, the, the oceans are not going to encompass the land, who, who set those things from happening? Who kept the stars from falling out of the sky? Who has placed the moon where the moon no longer moves? Who places the sun and tells the sun to come up every single morning and set every single evening. Who is in control of all creation? He said, Job, you weren't there, but I was. And oh, listen to me, what he's saying to Job is this. There are things that God knows that no one else knows. You can trust me. You can trust me. There are things that happen in life that we never understand, but they never surprise God. And oh, the comfort that we can take 
when things come about us and we don't know why, we can trust that there's a God that does. Nothing takes him by surprise. Not a problem you're facing today. God says, oh my, you caught me off guard. I don't know what to do. God reminds you in your greatest darkness, in your greatest suffering, in your greatest trial, I am God and I'm the God of your trial as well. Job 42, look with me and I'm done. Job 42. Verse number five, God answers and says this, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Job says this of God, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes... My eyes seeth thee, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in the dust and ashes. Job is saying this, God, I I knew all of this about you, but it's only through this suffering that I now truly see it. It's one thing for someone to say God's a great God, It's another thing to experience the greatness of God. It's one thing to hear and read, God created the universe and God did this and God is powerful and God is mighty and and God is this and we can read of it and we know of it. And Job says, I have now experienced it. No, listen to me, in your trials and in your suffering and in your weakness state, know this. It's an opportunity for you to know God at a level you would never know. The Apostle Paul said this, I had this thorn in my side and I prayed three times that the Lord would remove it. And and he said this, you know what I learned through my prayer? God said, I'm not removing it. But you know what God also taught me? Your grace is sufficient. Do you know when you learn the truly sufficient grace of God? When you find him in the darkest hour. It's not on the mountaintop when everything is good. It's in the valley when you don't know where to go. It's in that weak spot when you don't know where to turn. It's in the place where all have forsaken you. It's in the place that you're sitting all alone when you come to the realization, I can trust God. I'll lean on him. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.